0: Hello there, space fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Supercluster podcast. Today, we have John Krauss, a famous launch photographer from Cape Canaveral, on the show today. Also, it's sort of a special occasion, but not really, and John doesn't know this. Around this time, almost exactly three years ago, I was leaving Cape Canaveral to go to Guadalajara, Mexico. This was going to be the first time Elon Musk was revealing his plan to build a city on Mars and begin his Mars transportation vision. I arrived at the airport in Orlando to find my article in Wired Magazine, which was the first time I've ever been in print. I wrote about the first time SpaceX landed a Falcon 9 rocket ever at LZ-1 at Cape Canaveral. Now, along with my, I think it was around 400 words, it wasn't even that much, came an extraordinary photo. And that photo was taken by John Krause. And John, to kick this off, Everyone knows who you are. We don't need to do an intro. We don't need another backstory. Tell us about taking the photo of the first time SpaceX landed a rocket. Let that be your introduction. So, that was pretty
1: early in my photography career before I even would call it a career. I, I had only been taking photos for maybe, well, that was in December, right? Of 2015, December, so yeah, Like yeah. 10, 11 months. It was yeah. maybe the fifth or sixth launch ever I ever photographed or something. Looking back on it, it's a pretty rudimentary effort on my part. It's multiple exposures stitched together and I actually moved the tripod in between the frames. Uh, I was at Jetty Park with a ton of SpaceX fans who wanted to get as close to the first ever landing as possible.
0: Right. Of course. And
1: um none of us knew what to expect when it came to photographing that that mission because nowadays we have software called Flight Club where you can pre visualize your streak shots, but we really had no clue what we were doing, how high the, the entry burn would be and whatnot. And uh it was it was a wild launch. It was the first time yeah. any of us had seen anything like that.
0: Yeah. John, you and I didn't really know each other too well at the time. We were messaging each other, but we hadn't really worked together at Cape. Uh, I don't think yet. we had
1: met yet, actually. We hadn't met in had person we met? Had we yeah. met?
0: We hadn't met in person, but I know we corresponded about that article at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was also on that beach there, and it was one of the more most extraordinary things I've ever seen, even till this day. And I have seen many missions. It was such an emotional night for a lot of us. It changed a lot of our lives and a lot of our careers. John, that was was that your first print or no? One of the
1: first. I, I can't mm. remember the first time I'd ever been published. I think it was in a lower key kind of Small photography magazine. magazine. Yeah, photography yeah. magazine. But so that it's was basically a ba- bigger ba- publication, I think.
0: Right. That's really cool. So over the four and a half years, you've covered, you know, somewhat of like eighty launches. Your work has been featured in Bloomberg, National Geographic. The National Geographic article was written by Nadia Drake, who's an mm-hmm. incredible space reporter. I remember that article it was really good. CNBC. Yeah, yeah, she is an amazing reporter. We all saw your Vice News on HBO short, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Thank you. You almost got eaten by alligators, right? No, that's my take. No, I that's luckily
1: I didn't even <laughs> see any people. Uh, every time I mention that photo, uh-huh. I get people that say, "Well, what about alligators?" And I say, "What about them?" I knew there was a risk, but
0: you know, I took it. John gets into the water in Florida, which that's like rule number one at night. Yeah. That's rule number one. You don't do that. That's the first thing NASA tells you. Don't go near the water. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 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 They literally, that's the first thing you do when they bust you out there. So anyway, you were on vice HBO, which a show, that show doesn't really exist anymore. I killed it. It took a year and I killed it. That was it. Yeah. sorry guys. You won the 2018 photo contest for aviation week, which was incredible. We all remember that.
1: With that photo. Right. It was worth it, yeah.
0: And another really important, cool thing, United Launch Alliance, which you shoot many of their launches, almost all of them over the last few years, right? I think all of the Cape ones, minus one or two when I first started, yeah. They used one of your remote shots, which are incredible. These, we'll get into more of this later, but John and a lot of the photographers out there set up remote cameras. we talked about it on Supercluster a million times. And uh, obviously Eric Kuna, our photographer at Cape does this. And John, you're really good friends with Eric, so we can bring him up if we need to. Yeah. Yeah. We um, actually texted him this morning. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot. So yeah, all these guys set up remote cameras at the launch pad. It, it's one of the hardest things to do out there. It's a very tumultuous thing. It's like, A lot of anxiety, a lot of, I don't know if I'm going to have content, a lot of different things going on. So anyway, one of these photos that John took of a ULA launch, uh, John, it was the Delta, correct? Yeah. Delta 4 Medium. Delta 4 Medium, which just had its retirement flight, Mm -hmm. which we all talked about. And John, you were uh, actually on our podcast to talk about it, which was fun. But anyway, United Launch Alliance in their headquarters has a giant wall where they printed John's Delta IV remote shot photo. And it's one of the most dramatic photos you will ever see from Spaceflight. It's the rocket lifting off its launch pad, but such an extraordinary photo. John, how did you react when they called you? I, I know you have a relationship, uh, at least a friendship with Tori Bruno in a way. I've, did never he reach it, your... I've
1: never heard it described as that. And it's yeah, so yeah. funny because he's yeah. such a nice guy on Twitter and yeah. I kind of feel like we are
0: yeah. you know, real friends cool. in a way. Yeah, yeah. Tell us your reaction to like, that's, That's one of these companies you've been covering suddenly like, okay, we want to put your photo in our headquarters. The first thing people see when they walk in, what was your reaction to that?
1: It was surreal. And I hate to tell a sad story to start, but I'm going to, is that okay? Yeah, sure. So first off, I had my final exams of what I think was my junior year of high school that day. Mm -hmm. And an hour after I got the email that said, hi, I'm representing Tori Bruno. He wants to use your photo in our lobby, or I don't know if they specified lobby. They, they said a large print. My dog died that day. So it was a oh, whirlwind no. of emotions. I'm sorry. Yeah. It it was very, it was sad. It was happy. It was back and forth. <laughs> but anyway, getting past that, it was, it was surreal to, I mean, the company that, you know, designs, builds this rocket came to me and said, we want your photo of all photos in our lobby. And not only that, it was at personal request of Mr. Tori
0: Bruno himself, which is just surreal. He's a celebrated person. Yeah, he's yeah. head of this incredible company. And he's just an overall nice guy. Incredibly nice. And I ended him up meeting I, him when I went up there to see the photo. No, so just, they brought you, did they bring you over there to like see it and take I know that you took a photo with Tori in front of it. I've seen they that
1: They hosted me for a visit and tour, but to, I, let's, let's just say, I put myself there. <laughs> I flew here, yeah. yeah. But yeah, they, they let me see the photo and I toured the facility and it was it was excellent.
0: Tori Bruno is an incredible guy and it's cool that, that he sort of, he's like a fanboy of a, his own company. Do you get that vibe? Like <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's he, like a, he really he, loves what he does. Yeah, yeah. he's a big fanboy of space and just science and ULA does so many science missions. So of course there's a big connection there, but shout out to Tori Bruno for being cool. So you've shot every single... You know, we, we talked about ULA, we, we talked about SpaceX, and those are basically the two main commercial launches down there. And also Orbital has been acquired by Northrop, so Northrop has launched from, or Orbital has launched from uh, Wallops. Right. So the, the main commercial companies down at Cape Canaveral are ULA and SpaceX, and you've, like we said, you've covered nearly 80 missions. Do you have a favorite mission? Is that even a fair question to ask? Like if someone asked me that, I wouldn't know what to say. I would probably pick a mission based on like, oh yeah, this is going to Mercury or whatever or the sun. But is for you as a photographer, is there a mission that like you can recall in your mind visually because you captured it so perfectly or you think that was the perfect lighting or the perfect, you know, amount of publicity? Like is there a mission that you covered that you're like, okay, like this was really amazing and I'm never going to forget this?
1: It's really interesting because, for example, you're a reporter, so you go beyond just photography. So you may like a mission because the payload was cool. Exactly maybe, exactly. maybe whoever's launching that payload sent the best media representative to tell you about the payload and it just totally helped your article, right? For you, that may be something that you like about a mission, right?
0: Yeah. I mean- For me,
1: that'd be something that I wouldn't really... That's what I'm saying. A a, so it's really different, yeah. but it, it's hard to pinpoint one. I would say the mission that Vice was there for would just be a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the resulting photo I got, I was incredibly happy with. It was a sort of redo of a photo from the same location three months prior. Mm-hmm. So there was that, not anxiety, but anticipation, I'd say, of, oh, I need to redo the shot. The fact that there was a camera crew there, just the whole getting in the water thing. And then the photo itself came out better than I could have imagined. I'd say that's probably one of my favorite missions. That was the Falcon 9 launch of Telstar 18 Vantage in September of 2018.
0: Were you happy with the way Vice depicted your work? I think that the
1: way they did it was great for a non-spaceflight audience who wasn't familiar with my work. And I understand that there's constraints that come with packaging a story like mine into a consumable video. Does that make sense? There's, there's things I would have done differently or would have rather them done differently in terms of maybe expanding a little bit more about that shot itself, about the processes behind that shot. But I totally understand that they're trying to, to package up all of what I do through the lens of one mission and get it out into a five minute video. But I was, I was happy with it. I think it's a good video to show to people who aren't familiar with my work and It was a good introduction, I'd say.
0: I liked it because I was getting tired of the youngest photographer in the world thing that everyone kept doing with (laughs) me. I was like, yeah, I get it. That's a good angle. And there was already a couple of great articles. Like I said, I think Nadia Drake's article painted that picture pretty well for National Geographic. And I was like, yes, it's been done. Let's not use that headline again. Let's not use that lead again. Did I use that lead? <laughs> I yeah, did. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Well, okay. You wrote
1: but, the Observer feature, yeah, right? Yeah. I think the headline was verbatim incredible <laughs> rocket photos. Yeah, a 16 yeah. year old took them or something yeah. like that.
0: Well, here's the thing Rob didn't do the headlines. You didn't, there I, you go. The I can't blame you. I so, can't blame um, you. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I would not have used that. No offense to Ryan Holiday. It, he's not listening to this podcast, but just no offense if he's listening. Um, I get it. Yeah, we get it. it. You have to get clicks. And that's yeah. a great angle. And, that It's an inspiring angle. And, you know, and I took the we, angle too. Yeah,
1: of course. I have no shame yeah. in admitting a couple of years yeah. ago, I, I really yeah.
0: pushed that angle because it, yeah. it helped me stand out. It's a great way to build a brand. I mean, For you were sure. doing something inspirational and really cool and whatever. It, it worked out, but we're past that now. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that Vice really packaged their piece in a way that's like, okay, yeah, John's moved beyond that. Yeah. you know so let's go back to this youngest photographer or whatever motif and tell us about the first time let's even go beyond that tell us about the first time you picked up a camera and you and you were like i'm going to take a photo of something cuz i want to see how it comes out like the first time you know i'm not talking about being at a party and taking a photo of your family so you <laughs> the first time you picked up a camera and you're like yo i'm going to try to take a good photo when was that first moment
1: I'm going to go even beyond that, if that's okay. And this sure. is something I don't really share about because I don't consider it the beginning of like my real sort of journey into photography. But when I was maybe six, seven or eight, I would use my mom's point and shoot camera. And I only did this a couple times, but I did do it. So it's worth mentioning. I did like stop motion photography with Legos and I made little clips that unfortunately I can't find. I'd love to share them again and laugh at them. The first time I really did photography was my freshman year of high school which was January 2015 when quite literally on a whim I bought a DSLR an entry level DSLR and mm. just started going around and taking pictures of the scenery around Satellite Beach my my current town you know shooting wildlife the beach sunsets all that kind of stuff and about a month after that there was a rocket launch and I thought it was the perfect thing to capture I mean it's a unique local event I'm shooting everything else locally so why not shoot this launch? And what was uh, I it? Did. It was Falcon 9 launching the Discover satellite okay. for NASA
0: right
1: on, in February 2015.
0: Walk us through you decide you said you decided, okay, we have a cool local launch happening, It's NASA SpaceX. W- what did you do? Like what was your first like where did you drive to? Where did you set up?
1: So this was before I even had a license. So the timing of the launch was very convenient in that it was something like 6pm. So my mom was rushing home from work to pick me up and drive me to the beach. And we were pulling into the parking lot as the launch was going off. So I just ran up to the boardwalk and snapped a few photos as the as the launch climbed into the sky right at sunset.
0: Do you think you were hooked after that? Right after that launch? Did you say, you know, what? I'm probably gonna have to do the next one? What was the point where you're like, shooting a launch? And you're like, Oh, I have to plan for the next launch. Now? When when did that come? I'd say
1: I was hooked in that I knew I wanted to photograph the next one because I realized they're at different times. They're going to be different every time. They're going to be unique. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it took maybe three or four launches before I really got into the what's the next launch in a month that I need to start thinking about where I'm going to go, how I'm going to shoot.
0: Right. So I've seen you at the spaceport. I've seen you outside of the spaceport. We, we you know, we have different our... people. <laughs> <laughs> and I always wondered did your track of doing launch photography affect your last couple of years of high school? Did it have a positive effect? Did it have a negative effect? Did people know what you were doing? Were your teachers aware that you were being published and featured in all these international magazines and stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it really affected me later toward my senior year, but to step back a bit, my sophomore year was when I started badging as media Mm-hmm. And that's when I started having to miss some school rather often for stuff like remote camera setups, the launch itself, remote camera pickup. My teachers were all really accommodating because I considered myself a at least a competent student and definitely a, a polite person when it came to respecting that teachers are trying to do what they're trying to do. They can't hold up class because I'm not there. I was diligent with doing work I missed and catching up on things, but my teachers were definitely really supportive throughout the whole thing students actually came to know me for what I did uh, before before I did photography I was never you know a well-known person I never had that one interest where everyone goes oh you're the launch guy but you know once I started taking photos I was the launch guy
0: you had a very popular Instagram page which I guess yeah. is where your fellow high schoolers Exactly would find that's what I'm going to say
1: consider, right? my classmates called me I guess called me when I was still in school JKP which would be John Cross photos. So I kind of nice. had that nickname.
0: Did they say you were Instagram famous? Did they use that? Yeah, term but I you? can't tell if it was <laughs> ironic or not
1: because <laughs> I think when I was still in school, I had something like 40,000 on mm-hmm.
0: Instagram, which I wouldn't really consider that famous by any means. So John, I was looking, you and I had some notes that we made. We've been planning this podcast for a while. And I wanted to know about you know your reaction to to your first time working at Kennedy. I must've forgotten that your first time was Falcon Heavy, which, you know, even now that was over a year ago. So that is a, a while. A year and a half, yeah. Yeah. So just, I mean, I know Falcon Heavy, it's a, a hard to get. So a lot of people's first time at, at Kennedy Space Center, there's not usually that much people there. I My first few times at Kennedy, I want to say my first dozen times, there's never more than 24, 30 people around you. There's, it's huge. You could walk all the way to the cafeteria from the from the press site, which is past the VAB, you know, and not see someone. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's kind of, it's a huge place. And most of the time, not that many people work there. Not, It's not like the movies. It's not like a million people running around in white jackets. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not like that. And so, like I said, sometimes you'll walk around for like an hour and you not see anyone. But anyway, Falcon Heavy was very different. Falcon Heavy was more reminiscent of the space shuttle era, where three to 400 journalists, tons of family members, and just everyone who worked at the center would come to work that day. So you'd have so many people at the press site, so many people at Kennedy. And I think that Falcon Heavy, while it wasn't quite there, Falcon Heavy had about 400 journalists and a lot of people on site to watch. And John, I know you've seen photos, you've seen probably Kennedy in movies or documentaries. But did you feel a type of way when you were there? Did you Were you like, okay, this is cool? Like, What was your reaction to finally being at Kennedy Space Center?
1: Yeah. So it's worth describing why it took so long for me to get to Kennedy because right. I'd already been shooting for a few years. I mean,
0: and if you want to talk about that, you can. Yeah, for but... sure.
1: So I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not one singular entity that handles all of the media operations at what we would refer to broadly as Cape Canaveral, right. like different launches by different providers, different payloads, different launch pads have different agencies that handle the media credentialing process. And the Kennedy space center side is handled by NASA. Mm-hmm. And there were regulations put in place around when I started shooting as media that require journalists to be at least 18 years old. So the first Kennedy space center handled launch in terms of, media accreditation was af- that I attended was Falcon Heavy, after I turned 18, sorry. Um, so there were a lot of missions while I was shooting as media on the Cape Canaveral Air Force Station side that I couldn't attend because I wasn't yet 18. So for my first launch to be such a hectic, crowded launch was, was really surreal mm-hmm. because I didn't really know what to expect and to just have hundreds of journalists and it was my first visit to 39A as well. It, it was just a lot to deal with, and obviously, the mission itself was huge. So there's the pressure of, you know, getting the good Doing shot. Good and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a lot to
0: take in. One important part of going to Kennedy for me is meeting really cool people. I know you've gone through your career but meeting really amazing people working in, in spaceflight, You you always see celebrities. You always see really important CEOs, government officials. Have you met anyone in your career that has been standout. Maybe someone, it doesn't even have to be someone famous or, you know, maybe an engineer or someone that had like a really big impact on you or someone who encouraged you to keep going. Like, did you meet anyone like that or anyone that really stood out to you while doing, you know, while working at Cape or, and doing your thing? I'd say meeting
1: Tori Bruno was cool. That was a really brief and we, we don't have any really ongoing in-depth discussion that would impact me on a career level. I have a lot of, I get a lot of inspiration from the other photographers I work with just because we always bounce ideas off each other. You know, one of us does a shot at one launch that the other one isn't attending and then vice versa. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. I want to try something like that. Mike Killian is a journalist with America Space. He's the managing editor. I'm not sure if managing editor is the exact title, but editor of America Space. And he Mm -hmm. got me my start when it came to media credentialing. I jokingly asked him via Instagram if I could shoot for his outlet, and he had seen my work before, and he saw something in me and wanted to give me a shot. So he's definitely been a consistent inspiration and someone that I'll always have gratitude for.
0: Yeah, for helping I've, me get started. I've gotten to work with him. He's incredible. Like we said before, you took a while to actually get accredited at Kennedy, and your you know, your first mission was Falcon Heavy. You shot with the pool at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station way before that, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, starting in uh, February 2016.
0: Right. So being the young guy out there and the newbie, were you intimidated by any of the other photographers that were in the pool? Did you have any sort of negative experiences where they may have not wanted you to be around? Or, you know, I've, I've experienced a couple of things throughout my career, nothing too serious, but I'm always curious. You know, like I said, you started as a very young man out there. What was, you know, the treatment like? I would say I was intimidated
1: not on a personal level with being younger out there, but just being inexperienced in life. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know if that really makes sense, but just going from being in school all the time with, you know, you have teachers as authority figures, but everyone else around you is your age and you kind of feel like you're on an equal playing field, but kind of being thrust into this media pool with, you know, it's not like everyone there is three or four years older than me. They're, Sometimes triple my age, so and it was it was difficult to juggle. There were a couple instances, you know, older photographers kind of giving me crap about small things. The the first ever launch I shot is media when I was setting up a remote camera for the first time. I had an older photographer yelling at me because I was dragging a cable, and he said something like, "Oh, they bring out anyone nowadays." And uh, I don't think he would have guessed that I would still be around after a couple launches, but I'm still there. <laughs> I'm not dragging cables anymore, luckily. I get it. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it was weird. I don't really think the press pool is a place you'd expect to see a random sixteen year old among you know forty to eighty year olds. So
0: it was foreign. It really was. Now I know you mentioned Mike Killian, who was an incredible photographer. He's also a really cool guy. I've hung out with him before. Very cool. Everyone looks up to Ben Cooper. Everybody. Ben Cooper shoots for NASA and SpaceX. If there's a company, he shot for them probably. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot. And uh, yeah, he's a veteran. He has a book out right now. Mm-hmm. Just dropped. Excellent it's book. Called, it's called Launch Photography. So he's been an inspiration for you, John? I'd say so for sure. Yeah. He gave me
1: a lot of pointers when I first was starting out before I even got in his media. We had some email correspondence and he kind of helped steer me in the right direction of how to get involved with that kind of stuff and his work speaks for itself just incredible and we actually we share a birthday so it's kind of cool oh that's really yeah, cool yeah that yeah oh, two launch because
0: you want his job at nasa at, at, in the future right so you should tell nasa that it's providence <laughs> should. he should yeah. have the job yeah we both know michael seeley he's one of the most extraordinary people i've ever met in ever in life, not just yeah. at the Space Coast, just, he's just first a, class individual. Yeah. He helps everyone. Just doesn't say no to anything. Helps out when he's not even needed. Yeah. Just one of those guys. He's also an incredible photographer. He's been featured in a lot of the same places. John has National Geographic, NASA Photo of the Day, all sorts of stuff. I can't work out there without him. He's just like the the positivity, everything. Uh, on a, you know, he's helped me out personally many times in my career. And I see, I know that you, you said that he was an inspiration for you and he's also an inspiration for me. I'd say he's out of all the people at the press pool. He's one of the
1: people that I've become friends with most outside of just space flight photography. Like right. we actually, last night went and shot the Milky Way together with a couple other people. We talk back and forth pretty much every day.
0: So good friends awesome. for sure. Just where to find Michael Seely? He co-founded, is it, we cover? We Report Space. We Report Space. So you can check that out. We Report Space. They're on Instagram, Twitter, and it's we we wereportspace.com. And like I said, Michael Seeley's work has ended up in just about all the big space magazines and stuff. So you'll see him out there. But check out We Report Space and uh, find Michael Seeley because his photography is incredible. There's so many great people out there. I know that you are friends, John, with Marcus Coke. He's another young photographer out there who has really made waves with his photography. Um he Quite literally, some, yeah, shoots a lot yeah. of surf. He yeah. shoots a lot of surf as well. He's been shooting some especially lately. His work has gotten so yeah. much better. And it's yeah. everyone's talking about it. His social media reach has gone up a ton for um, sure over the last few launches. But it's so cool to see that you have like someone out there kind of similar to your age in a way and i I see that you guys hang out all the time and i see him in your photos and you know you and his photos and i see that you guys help each other out with stuff that's really cool
1: yeah we're friends beyond launch photography for sure we met before uh uh, did we meet before i was doing media i'm not sure it was close but yeah we've been friends for a long while we Mm -hmm. shoot together all the time carpool places he's Mm -hmm. he's a great guy
0: yeah, and if you're a, if you're an editor or journalist listening to this, I know that Marcus is available right now for some photography oh, we're going to be working with him at some point soon so find him online marcus's photography is amazing it's marcus Cote c-o-t-e john do you know his social media handles
1: yeah his instagram's marcus cote it's actually cote cote i'm so yeah, sorry so but- it's it's okay he hears it all the time yeah uh, marcus cote underscore photo on instagram and i think it's the same on twitter maybe yeah, no wait. underscore on twitter but yeah
0: yeah hopefully our listeners are discovering you know some new you know photographers to follow and it's really cool that you're shouting them out john on your podcast here um, no they're
1: they're great guys yeah and, we and all you do, guys all work
0: together yeah so.
1: yeah we're all friends we all do you know great work but different kinds of great work and uh, we all inspire each other for sure
0: so let's not talk about great work anymore let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about failures
1: because, yeah. you know,
0: I, I've seen it happen. I have failed before. I've worked with, we are all work together, so we're all failing at the same time too. So, you know, we, we're all trying to experiment with new things. And I, you know Ryan Chalinski. If you're talking about groundbreaking stuff, you go to First Ryan. First person that comes to mind. Yeah, he's, he's pushing barriers that we didn't know existed when it comes to like shooting launches and capturing emotions and things like that. And he's just an incredible gifted artist. And I've gotten to work with him. And our, you know, I think our first shoot for supercluster, we wanted to truly, you know, push the envelope and experiment with high speed photography. Now, Ryan has had success a couple of times in the past using these cameras and they've, it's worked out really well. And we still captured amazing stuff during that launch, but we, we wanted to capture experimental footage, uh, using high speed cameras and I, the Florida sun plus the scrub just cooked us alive out there and cooked I the had cameras a, you know I had a similar issue with that launch yeah, yeah. so we didn't get our footage, our high speed footage and if you want to know about that you know the the hardship of what we had to do that day and what John had to do and everyone else especially for falcon heavy wired magazine daniel oberhaus who is a contributor to supercluster and a good friend of mine he wrote about ryan doing this as well as some a couple other folks who were covering the launch and how hard it is to shoot rocket photography so check that out we'll link that in this article and also lauren grush at the verge attempted it on her own with the assist of our friend pauline but she also did i think it was a video in an article or just an article about setting up a remote camera and setting up in the florida sun especially i feel like john the heat adds such an element to everything that we do oh yeah has the heat caused you to like Screw up out there
1: because it definitely has for me. It's caused me to screw up personally, like physically setting up the cameras, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. either forgetting stuff. Right. Um, I think I've had a few times where cameras die, but I'm not sure if that's specifically from the heat or just the long duration they sometimes have to sit out there. But it, it makes working out there physically exhausting. And one thing I don't talk about a lot is I have a lot of allergies to plants. And just if there's a plant that exists in Florida, I'd I'm probably allergic to it. And Kennedy Space Center is a wildlife refuge, which makes dealing with allergy symptoms when I'm working out there just unbearable sometimes. So it's it can be very taxing to be out there. And I know that sounds like I'm whining, but go stand outside in the Florida heat without trying to set up cameras mm-hmm. and then tell me how you feel and then try to set up cameras. It's, it's just wild. John,
0: you just reminded me of our little morning with Bill Nye. Just this was just a couple of Oh months ago. man. Oh, we it I was felt almost bad. he had to it, stand outside he, for so long. I mean, okay, I know that people have seen viral videos of Bill dealing talking about global warming, but you have never seen Bill deal with global warming in Florida <laughs> on the We brought him up on a rooftop of a hotel and the sun was just there. We were all dying and sweating, and Bill and I still took the time to teach John Krause how to take a selfie yeah, and a bunch yeah. of us out there were hanging out with him. You know, he was a good sport, but damn, it was really yeah. hot. It was hot. And so was even hot. doing non-launch photography stuff, like hanging out with Bill Nye and doing a quick interview, even that's hard to do when it's yeah. that hot out.
1: Yeah. It's hot. hot. It's Florida, man. It's, it, <laughs> there's not a winter. There's like two weeks in December where it's like 65.
0: Yeah. And you, and wear, you other, wear your yeah, nice 90. jacket for two weeks and that's Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we're brought back our trauma from just living and working in Florida, (laughs) God, I, I, you know, we've had a little break right now with launches and I think you and I were talking, you know, we were all talking about it because we're used to talk about, yeah, we're spoiled. (laughs) Sometimes we have like five launches in like four months or three months and we're spoiled. Oh, Um, more than that sometimes. Yeah, I know more than that. yeah, Yeah. Especially lately. So now, right now we're in a little bit of a dry spell a little bit um, i'd say so for sure uh, we're publishing an area 51 photo essay there
1: you go <laughs> with Eric that, that because up.
0: Eric doesn't have a launch to shoot so you know we're like yeah man, let's let's do Area 51 so yeah we're just you know we're super clusters partially you know we're, we're launch fans obviously we partially are part of this launch economy and and culture and you are and I am and all our friends are. So when SpaceX and ULA are not flying these beasts, we're all just kind of like, hurry up. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I think SpaceX said publicly that for the first time they're waiting on their customers. Yeah, I saw that a couple days. So that's interesting. And uh, you know ULA, they have a pretty, you know, set what they're gonna do. So their next big thing is Starliner uncrewed test flight, which is gonna Mm -hmm. be incredible. It's going to be a national story, big mission. John, I think I wanted to ask you about this later, but since we're here talking about ULA and their next launch and ending this dry spell, we don't know what the next launch is. Do we know what the next launch is going to be? Chris and Eric Kuhn and I had like a Justice League meeting on the phone the other day and we're like, what do we do? Like, when's the next launch? Chris had some ideas. Eric had some ideas. I think SpaceX has a Starlink mission coming up in October, which might be the next launch because I don't think Starliner is ready yet. So SpaceX might be the next mission coming up. But John, since we're talking about Commercial Crew and ULA launching the Starliner, You've already shot DM-1, which was SpaceX's uncrewed Dragon flight to the space station. Could you give us like a little background on you doing that or at least was it fun, was it stressful? Cause it was like kind of the first commercial crew thing. It's a lot of hype, a lot of people. Are you prepared for commercial crew? Are you making plans now that humans are involved? Are you going to be taking more photographs of people at Kennedy rather than rockets now that commercial crew is getting started? And, you know, that's, it's all about human launches now coming up next year It's going to be the big national story. Are you going to be adjusting the way you shoot stuff out there? You know, maybe not rockets, but maybe Kennedy itself and the way people work there. Are you, are you going to make any attempt to do that?
1: Yeah, I'd say I definitely plan to incorporate more of the human element of space flight especially with the, with the commercial crew launches coming up. DM-1 was a wild launch, a lot of people similar to Falcon Heavy for sure. In terms of specific planning, it's really hard to say now this far out because we don't know the launch time, which makes it really hard to plan out specific shots of the launch itself because you don't know if you're going to be going for those long exposure streak shots at night or if it's just a daytime mission, dusk mission, you never know. But it will be exciting for sure. A lot of lot of cool opportunities, I can imagine.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned opportunities. I think that media companies and magazines and television shows maybe we'll see some live coverage on CNN. I think we will. But I think there's going to be more of an economy for spaceflight photographers and freelance journalists to sell more content. And now I wanted to ask you about generally your experience. Let's move beyond you know your start in America Space and let's move into more of like last year. What is your experience working with media companies? Are they mostly positive, mostly negative? How do you sell yourself to a media company or or how do they negotiate with you on a price for a photo? And you don't have to get into specifics, but I just want to know what the process is like and is it beneficial to both of you? Does someone always get screwed? Like what's going on there?
1: Most of the time when I have photos published by media outlets that I don't, you know, normally work with or let them use my content. Like They reach out to me. I don't really seek out opportunities for large publications to use my photos. They're generally pleasant to work with. It It really depends on who you're dealing with at the outlet, what you're trying to accomplish. There's one example that comes to mind. I was asked to shoot a launch exclusively for a rather large publication last year, and they had some terms about the exclusivity on the photos. And just just some stuff that I wasn't really fond of. And I think a lot of people would have caved in, especially with the name recognition of this outlet, they would have said, Oh, it's, it's so and so who's going to turn that down, even if I don't like the terms, but I said no to a big outlet, which is which is something I'm kind of proud of personally, photographers rights, if you will, you know,
0: right, it's important you know, even at a big risk to yourself or even at a big sacrifice, sometimes you do have to stand your ground with these companies. You have a Patreon. I know that lately it seems that many creatives are moving their work there. And it's, I, I see a lot of positive feedback about Patreon. What's you I feel like you, you're, you know, your patrons are really loyal. I, I see you tweeting out stuff that you put exclusively on your Patreon, which is really cool. But tell us about What made you go to go to that site? Did someone recommend it, and has it been working for you? Are you able to make an income with it?
1: Yeah, I was really reluctant to get on it, sort of because I had this misconstrued view that it was charity, and then I realized that you can view it as a sort of subscription service. Like I I wouldn't say I'm soliciting, hey, please give me free money. I'm quite literally generating exclusive content that people in turn access for a monthly subscription, which you know, a couple bucks from a couple hundred people, that adds up really fast. Right. And I'm at the point now where I think I'm at something like 230 patrons, which definitely adds up because I have various tiers of, you know, 2 five, ten $5, $10. So I offer various things at each tier and, you know, people are really involved in terms of commenting on my, my exclusive posts and they, they really like the content I'm producing there.
0: Now, when you post, obviously you take a ton of photos per mission. Instagram, are your Instagram followers and your Twitter followers? We only see like five or six of them, right? Maybe at most. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. more, sometimes yeah. even less. But your patron, your patrons, they get a lot of different things and a lot more than yeah. we would.
1: They get to see things first? Generally, no. And that's one thing that I really struggled with when it came to setting up the Patreon because I didn't want to limit myself growth-wise when it came to being forced to share something on Patreon first, because what happens when there's a huge launch and I promise my patrons that, you know, this big photo I've been planning, I'm going to share it with you guys for a day only. Right. And then the media attention of that launch is gone it's in a gone. day yeah. when I go to post the photo and it doesn't get the traction that, you know, could have gotten me an email from a media company that wanted to buy it. You know, yeah, so plus you
0: got to, you've got to keep your brand going as well. You, yeah. you know, that's how you get more patrons and, you know, that helps you. You can't go out there to Kennedy without a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you need to have, you need to be shooting for someone or have some kind of situation where you're, you're making an income from this. It's, yeah. it, you, you just don't show up at Kennedy and it's like, it costs money to shoot launches there. Even for an individual that lives nearby, it does. So, not in the
1: sense of. Just so people know, not in the sense of like we're paying the no, no, it's agency. Just, but like, yes, yeah. we have to invest personally time yeah. and. A lot of people are rent. Or, you know, yeah, and yeah.
0: John, you uh, you invest in buying equipment. A lot of people rent, and they've got to drive three, four hours, and all that. You know, it costs money. So it's it, not it easy. Does. It adds up. Yeah, and just multiply it every time there's a scrub. Yeah. So, just in general, John. The Space Coast and all these, you know, people are working, people are, they're building rockets, they're building spaceships. And the journalists are getting work. There's more spaceflight journalists working there now than there was when you and I started, which is really cool. Florida today has a couple of new people. It's just, you know, there's Emery and Craig Bailey and Red Hubert retired, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Great guy. If Red is uh, was a photographer for the Orlando Sentinel for many years and he took... Probably some of the best space shuttle photos you've ever seen. So Google him. Uh, Red. We had a
1: great talk. I don't know. Maybe I think it was at DM1. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, just he was there.
1: Incredible guy. Yeah, he he showed Is up for one after he retired. Uh, oh,
0: nice. I think
1: he's he has some arrangement freelancing mm-hmm. with a particular outlet. I'm not sure, but That's really cool. He was just incredibly complimentary. Is that a word? Yeah. 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 He was he was very kind about my work and just
0: saying you know keep shooting, you know. He's a great guy. Is there anyone that you're working with right now that you want to shout out? I mean, I want people, and especially our listeners, I mean, to find uh, new photographers to follow. I mean, I feel like a lot of you have a different voice, which is great when you're taking photos. And I just feel like every few months, there's someone new. We talked about Marcus Cote, Brady. I was going to mention Brady and Trevor. Brady and Trevor. We talked about Trevor on the, I've never had him on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure we've talked about him a couple of times and I'll have him on soon when he's available. But Trevor and Brady, Trevor is the one shooting stuff at Boca and Brady has shot many missions. So yeah, all you have to do is follow every, all of us on Twitter and we'll be happy. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I had asked you what your dream mission coming up to shoot was. And mm-hmm. your answer was James Webb. Yes. That is really cool. Now that's, yeah. Obviously, personally, one of the, I, I want to say probably the most important mission for me coming up, and I want to go to French Guiana. Obviously, you do too. Mm-hmm. This is a launch pad and a launch facility that's alien to both of us because neither of us have been there. I think we know, may know a couple people here and there that might have been down there, I think, and taken photos and stuff. It's a risk because it's a really sensitive telescope. It's probably the most important mission in a long time. The machinery is so complex. The launch is so complex, and there's going to be a lot of scrubs. Is what I'm getting to. Do. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm. I feel like if I'm, you know, we're we're looking at that launch coming up in a couple of years. I'm probably going to have to block out three weeks. Yeah, three weeks yeah. to a month of my life just to being in French, living in French Guiana. You know, that's yeah. what that's what happened to me. I was living in New York. I was, you know, I was fine. I think I went down for the wrong mission. It was an early SpaceX mission. I can't even pinpoint what it was. scrubbed for like days and I was like you know what I'll just I'm just living here now hey yeah I'm lucky that I actually live here yeah it does make make it easier yeah so um I think that's one point we should drive home here with spaceflight photography and spaceflight journalism I think the word journalism encapsulate encapsulates it all it's a sacrifice um and I know that John has had a lot of written about him and you've seen some of his stuff and even myself and In a lot of the people that we work with and mentioned on this podcast, there's a lot more incredible people that we didn't mention, and hopefully we'll have them on the show as well. But working down there at Cape in the era of global warming (laughs) is worse. (laughs) I hate it. But you also love it dearly. I personally try to go down for as many, you know, even though I'm not down there anymore for every launch like I used to be, I do make it down there quite often. People do see me the same amount. I think. So I think nowadays you do have a more diverse pool, which is amazing. And a lot more people showing up. Yeah. To sh- you know? And what would you say to a photographer listening to this podcast? Like, what would you say to convince them to come down and, and shoot a rocket launch? You know, me early on in my career, I didn't know what to say. So I just, I would tell reporters, yeah, you need to come down here because a rocket launch is just going to make you feel a way you've never, ever felt before. You know I what think, I mean? That's I think what I said. you there.
1: need if you need me to convince you and you can't just watch a video of a rocket launch, then I don't know what else yeah. I could say. I mean, there, there's really no other way to, I mean, it's a rocket, you know, it's a yeah. rocket launch. Like I don't, I don't need to convince you if you're not already convinced, you know, it's right. they're, they're amazing. They're, they're so unique and they're, they're loud and <laughs> they're bright and it, it's just, it's crazy.
0: It really is. There you go. So I see that you're, experimenting with shooting lighthouses yeah now before you tell me why you're doing this are you and trevor melman in some kind of turf war because i know trevor melman does lighthouses he's my
1: inspiration
0: okay so that's where this source of
1: inspiration yeah so this
0: is where it came from so i've been enjoying these lighthouse photos when i was growing up my father used to take us on road trips around florida and in different places he would always insist we visit the lighthouses they were really cool we would take all day going up and down, you know, whatever. But what? where did this come from? At, and here's where I th- I was like, oh, wow, he's bored because there's no rockets. So he's shooting things that look like rockets.
1: Do you want the honest answer? Tell me that's not It's it. pretty much that, but minus oh. the part about how they <laughs> look like rockets. Um, I think the history of them is so fascinating. Uh-huh. And I think it's very interesting because there's not many other – I don't know. I I always struggle to describe this point when I talk about lighthouses. There's no other object that is scarce, but still frequent enough that you can go and photograph that thing. You know, I struggle to describe this so much. They're landmarks, but they're all lighthouses, but they're all unique. Does that, I I don't know if I'm articulating that one way or the right way. Do your
0: patrons care about the lighthouses?
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they do they value photography. Okay. Yeah, they okay. think it's cool. I don't share much about the lighthouses. I do upload the photos to the the private Patreon discord mm-hmm. server I have. But mm-hmm. yeah, they think it's cool for sure.
0: Okay, so now that there was some sort of in- inspiration and, and causality of you showed shooting lighthouses. Let's say you didn't shoot rockets or lighthouses. Also, <laughs> what would be your main subject?
1: You know, I honestly don't think I would have kept up photography had I not gotten into launches. Really? Um, Growing up, I always was that guy that would get interested in something for three months, six months, a year and get obsessed with it and then go on to the next thing. But photographing rockets, I'd say photography was one of those things I got obsessed with Mm -hmm. and getting into the rocket aspect of it kind of sucked me in and kept me there. So I really don't know if I'd even still be shooting if I, by chance, grew up somewhere else.
0: mean, you have a pretty healthy following. I'm sure people ask you questions about what your job all the time. Now, I besides any can I say one thing but, on that actually? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I don't think many people who follow me realize that I'm actually pursuing this full time. I get that not everyone who follows a photographer is going to be their biggest fan. You know, some people right. just oh, that guy takes cool photos, I'll follow him and I'll see his feed every couple of days when I'm on Instagram. But if you're not familiar with my work, when you're viewing it for the first time, just think about the fact that I'm doing this full time and that it's something I'm investing my full time into. So you might have a different sort of appreciation than if you thought, oh, this guy takes rocket photos for a hobby. That's cool.
0: Yeah, that's not the case. And you, you really think that people, many people don't know that?
1: I really do. I think there's I think a large chunk of my audience are non photographers who think, Oh, that dude that takes the photos out at NASA, you know. Yeah. For yeah. locals locals that don't follow the space program, everything yeah. is NASA and everything is the shuttle, even yeah. though the shuttle is long, Literally, metallic. yeah. They say shuttle launch and yeah. I try not to be that guy because yeah. you know, I don't wanna correct the guy who's excited but yeah. said the wrong thing, you know. It's cool that people show support. Yeah. But
0: so our next I think we determined that the next launch you're going to be covering is either going to be SpaceX Starlink or ULA uh, Starliner. God, the stars, they're confusing me.
1: Possibly even the next flight from Wallops, Oh, you Antares come, launch. You possibly. possibly. I'm not sure yet. It depends okay. on how yeah. that Starlink schedule yeah. shapes so out.
0: We're also talking, Eric Kuna and I, we you know checked in with Chris and, and the rest of the team and we really want to go to Wallops for this launch. It'll be Supercluster's first time at Wallops. And if it's a night launch, that would be cool. But you know, No, it's like 2.30 p.m. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. great. So yeah. either way, I think we'd get uh, good photos from Eric. It's a around. very different vibe than the Cape. Yeah. I'm going to try to head down and meet you guys down there. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, that'll be my first time at Wallops, which would be great. But anyway... John, where can people, if someone's listening to this and hearing about you for the first time right now, where can people find you? I think your best first stop
1: would be my website, which is johncrossphotos.com. And the front page of that site is essentially my portfolio where you can see some of my favorite photography from the last couple of years. And then if you want to stay up to date with my current work, I'm on mainly Twitter and Instagram at johncrossphotos. Instagram, I treat more of sort of a gallery of the recent photos I do. Then, Twitter, same, but I throw in some some sarcasm and some
0: commentary every now and then on on different things. So, John, thank you for uh, being on the show again. I know you've done a, a last week in space episode, which I hope you'll do again with us next time we're down at Cape together. We love having you on the show, and thank you. Um, yeah, I hope that our listeners got some insight into you know everyone. Everyone is talking about launch photography in our community right now. Like I said, there was Lauren Grush's really great piece in The Verge and Daniel Oberhaus did a piece for Wired. And this is something that, that has become a, a conversation over the last couple of years because of our community. But it's also fun to hear the other side of it. And John, we appreciate you sharing some of that stuff and some of the nuances of launch photography. Thank you.
1: And I do have one shameless plug. Do one it. shameless plug. Do it. If you do like the work I do, And you can appreciate the effort that goes into it. Like I said, I am on Patreon. So for the price of one Starbucks coffee a month, you can directly support my efforts. There you go. There you go. Cue the arms of of the angel song. (laughs)
0: Anyway. Thank you. So a price of a coffee, you get John's photos. That's pretty incredible. And you get Behind
1: the scenes content. Right interact with me directly see what i do download copies of my photos in high resolution you can also you
0: call john in the middle of the night right that's one of the oh man if i leave discord open you <laughs>
1: could. oh man i hope
0: people don't start doing that now this is like calling oh, in the middle no. of the night and be like hey how do you set up a remote camera <laughs> <laughs> but anyway john yeah. thank you we'll have you on soon for last week in space and speaking Perfect. of last week in space i have to go call chris now tell him i said hello i will thank you buddy